Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Ephesians, specifically chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Living in unity cannot happen until we start with an understanding of who we are in Christ and a commitment to accurately apply the truth that God has revealed to us. So let's study the six traits God expects of you in light of who you are in Christ. Please follow along with Pastor Jim in today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Worthy Walk of Oneness, Part 2. Being diligent is a very important word. It means to, to take care of something, to make haste with it, to do your best. We're saying be diligent with this. It means move it up to the top of your priority list. Do this. This, this needs attention uh, right now. And by the way, it implies determined effort and it implies exerting as much energy as necessary to accomplish it. Now, the very existence of this word in the New Testament in the context of commands to Christians, that's a significant thing. I, I looked it up. It's used 11 times. Uh, once Peter says he is going to be diligent about something, and once Paul says he was diligent about something, the other nine are connected with commands. You better be diligent to do this. God wants you to be diligent to, to do this thing. Here it's diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, why do I say it's so significant to put the word diligence there? Well... There are false ideas running around. Surprise, surprise. There's one that's been around for a couple of centuries now, saying that the Christian life is virtually effortless. You get saved, now you're, now you're in the boat, you just ride along with the current, and, and, and you sort of by osmosis, automatically, you grow up in Christ. I remember being given a book when I was a young Christian, and, I, and it, it taught me about the motto, let go and let God. That sounds really good. Double alliteration. It's awesome. It's catchy. It'll preach, especially to really busy people. But you know what? It's antithetical to Christianity. Yeah, look, let go and let God save you. All right? You, you can't save yourself. All the work is done. It's completely done. But in this life, while we don't try to put out a whole bunch of carnal self-effort, the Christian life requires total effort on my part. It's total effort on my part under the control of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. And by the way, that's something we're going to talk about a lot when we get to chapter 5. We'll see it when we, when we get there. The Christian life is toil and hard work, but it's toil and hard work directed by and empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
There's another person, another uh, place that this one is used that you may be familiar with. 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who needs not, who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Now, when you learned that verse in Awana or wherever you might have learned it, you probably learned it, study to show yourself approved to God. All right? And is it a good thing to study the Word of God? Oh, you bet it is. Is it a good thing to, to crack open the books, to go to the commentaries, to, to, to do your homework, to find out what it means? Yes, that's a very good thing, but it's not the command of this verse. It says, work hard to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Be diligent to grasp that word of truth so that your life shows, here's how that word should be handled. Here's how that word should be applied. Here's how that word should be lived out. It's quite parallel to Ephesians 4.1, that we need to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called. So it's not anti-intellectual studying that we're, that we're saying. We're not, we're not against the intellectual part of things, but the point is, make it your highest priority that your life is under the control of the Word of God so that in every aspect of the Word of God, you are accurately handling it, that you are, are putting it together from all of its parts. Very same word as... Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, be diligent. It means our determined effort, exerting the energy it takes to understand the Word of God and live worthily of our calling in Christ. You'll never have unity. We'll never practice the worthy walk of oneness like Jesus once while we sit around on our spiritual behinds saying, let go and let God. You've got to be diligent work on our part to forbear with one another, tolerate one another, practice patience, gentleness, humility as we fulfill our calling. Well, the worthy walk of oneness is also a walk of doctrine. Now, all the other five verbs, five words that I put in my outline were in the text. This one isn't here, but trust me, doctrine is. What are we saying? Look at the whole sentence again. Notice where we are to aim, focus our diligence. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, why did I say doctrine? Well, there's a little subtlety here. If you translated it exactly literally into English, it would sound silly. But before the word peace in the Greek is the definite article, the peace. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of the peace. Now, that only makes sense if there's a specific peace that you're talking about. And there is. In the context, see chapters 1, 2, and 3, especially chapter 2. Christ is our peace. 
who has made the two into one new man in Christ. So the worthy walk of oneness is is based upon, rooted in the doctrine of, well, we have peace with God through Christ. We have peace with one another because we are all at peace with God, and therefore we belong together in Christ. So back up then. That makes the word preserve make more sense, doesn't it? It's also translated keep it or or maintain it. Keep it going. Maintain this standard. It means to guard something by exercising watchful care of it, to to protect something that is precious. Um, it, It means guarding something which is already in your possession. This passage does not tell us to create unity because we can't. God did in Christ. We are responsible to Maintain it. Preserve it. Now, what does he mean by unity? Well, unity is derived from the Greek word for the number one. It's a noun form that describes the quality of oneness. Um, Another wrinkle of it is the concept of unanimity. That means people uh, working together for common goals. Every analogy you can think of of teamwork is, is legitimate here. Humility. Understanding what's my role on this team. If I'm the place kicker, don't put me on the defensive line. It's not going to go well for any of us. We do what we need to do. We, we, we practice um, gentleness. We, we, we build up our teammates. We, we, we put up with one another. You drop that pass, okay, catch it next time. Let's go. All of that fits into the idea that we support each other and we encourage each other. It does not mean, to have unity does not mean that we are all identical or that everyone has the same skill or the same style or the same preferences. But it means that we are united by a common belief, a common life-changing set of truths of what God has done for us in Christ. One comment on this word says, we believe just as though we were all one person or we believe in one and the same way. Unanimity, unity, oneness doesn't mean sameness. As a matter of fact, It wouldn't have any meaning if it wasn't based on diversity. We wouldn't need unity if we were all identical. We need unity, which is comprised of all of our diversity woven together under the sovereignty of God by the power of His Spirit. He's placed every single member of this body exactly where we belong so that together we can work as the most effective unit possible. So it's the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's the unity that the Spirit of God creates, and ours is to maintain it. The bond is that which ties something together. We're going to see a lot more about that word. Just put a mental check mark by that word. We're going to see that word again in uh, chapter 4 as we move a little bit further on. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.